Jason Doctor. And I'm Corinne Doctor. And this is Fishing Stories. And today we talk with the very unique Wes Siegler. He's been a friend for many years. Uh, he brings the energy. Uh, he brings excitement. He can be hard to reel in, so to speak. Yeah, but we got a couple stories out of him, so <laughs> we're feeling pretty excited to hear what he has to say. Absolutely. Enjoy and uh, be sure to check out Siegler Reels after the episode. Wes, is that you? Yes, it is. What's shaking, man? Hey. hey, Wes. So good to see you. It's been a long time, like three weeks. Three weeks. That's right. Way too long. <laughs> what y'all been up to? Well, you know, mainly just traveling around and trying to kind of get our spring feet on the ground here, not fishing as much as we would want. I mean, for the first time ever, maybe I have caught a trout more recently than Garrison has. I know you don't know what trout are, but it's a very fun fish to catch. That's true. <laughs> However, gonna... I have fished in the salt more recently than Corinne, so well, that's, there's something. There. That's why I got the <laughs> trout fishing in that's and right. he didn't. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's um, all good. Absolutely. So Mr. Wes Siegler is the owner, founder, operator of Siegler Reels. We're, we're a fan of your reels over here. Yeah, well, thank y'all. You're like my first fly fishing friend. You know, that's, that's right. Well, that... Your claim to fame. I think that's one of the cutest stories between you two. Yeah, I mean, I met Wes. <laughs> I I don't even know what year that was, but we were at the New Jersey Fly Fishing Show, and we ended up next to each other, right? Or very yeah. close. No, it was next okay. to each other. Next to each other, yeah. So, you know, I was looking at these reels, and I was like, these look awesome like tell me about these and Wes who uh you guys will get a feel for doesn't do a ton of trout fishing was fascinated <laughs> by our trout designs and tiny little trout flies <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> yeah I mean, reels are not made for trout let's be honest no I, I just remember looking over at you and I was like man that guy looks like a lumberjack and wow <laughs> then I looked over again and I saw these little bedazzles on your shirt and I was like what are those and I think you said right then, you were like, oh, these are these are flies. And I was like, whoa. I was like, this is a whole different game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, no, it's been awesome. Just our relationship, it's like one of the coolest ones. Of, I mean, no, I appreciate it. And it's just every time I see you guys and we talk, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's good. I love it. Well, we appreciate you as well. Um, well, we're here today to chat about some fishing and fishing stories. And so we're wondering kind of what you had cooked up in that realm for us. And you know, this story's I me, mean, we're fishermen. So it's like everybody has a great story, right? So uh, I think most of my fishing, you know, was, was saltwater fishing and a lot of it was done in the Seychelles. So I've been fortunate to go there quite a bit. And there's, you know, we always talk, I love like hearing people talk about the good days, you know, like, oh, this fish was, it was a whatever meter five or whatever. And at the end of the day, it's like, no, that's not the story. The story is you tripping on the rock and flipping over something and you're looking left and right and going, did they just see that? <laughs> that's how, <laughs> most, that's, that's how <laughs> most memories are made when you tripped over a rock leading yeah. up to big fish. That's right. That's, yeah, I mean, we had one great trip uh, to Cosmo where I met Lou, our dear friend, right, Llewellyn. And, and uh, at that trip, we had the worst weather in the entire world could have ever hit Cosmo when we were there. And then you talk about craziness where you can't make a shot. You couldn't, but we're going to fish. There's people that are like seasick on the mothership, won't even go fish. 
just right down to like, you know, having Lou have his shoulders, shoulders separated and you're like helping him run the tiller. I mean, it's some epic stuff, but like, I remember like looking across just a small, I forget the actual like rock we were on, you know, and you can see Jeets like literally 20 yards away and 20, I mean, you know, 40 foot cast is like pretty much a joke. Right. And I like, we like laying out a lot of line, but it's blowing 45. I mean, steady, hard. Like you, you do the back cast, it goes straight up and you're like, ah, and it goes to your face and barely gets to you. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. We got to regroup. Let's do this again. And they're just sitting there, you know, just looking at us and we're just like dying. And I remember like Scotty DeBron going, just cast it harder. You can do it. And I'm like, finally, one of my buds just is like, Lake just puts a rod down. He's like, Duh! says a couple words and says, you do it. And, you know, of course, like, I'm still over there just like, I'm going to get it there, you know. But, like, still, it's, it's those are the epic things, out to believe, you know, that make fishing. Like, we still laugh about it. We've gone back to Cosmo a couple of times since then, and we're like, laugh about that trip, you know, and that place. We're like, I remember when you couldn't cast 10 feet. <laughs> so did you get a cast out in the water? How did this end? Not so well. This, it didn't end well, but it was it taught me so much about my casting. I did not stop shooting at this fish. These fish just sat there. just hovered right in front of us. But the thing was, no one else is fishing. Like, everybody's back at that. I mean, we're just like, I'm like, I'm not giving up. And hey, his somebody father. has to be dumb enough to fish in those conditions. Yeah, it, that's usually me. So I relate <laughs> to this because I'm the guy just like pounding into the wind when everybody else has hung it up and they're like, man, this shit this is, is terrible. I'm right. like, I don't know. I'm going to keep working on this. It could happen. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was the same trip. Like, I, you know, we were on and I remember probably one of the most epic ones that still to this day is, is you know I'm a super green and we're we're over in Cosmo and we've caught some cool fish. The wind is still just just humping. I mean it is like just relentless. Like you couldn't even take the skiff across the lagoon. It's three to four or five foot sets, you know, coming in. And um, we had Yako that day, and Yako and and is on the boat. And he's trying to like jazz it up to be a great day. And there's people just like still on the boat. They won't even come off the boat. And I'm like, man, I don't care. We're here. We're gonna fish. So my buddy Lake and his father, Bill, they're just like, man, they're like, as soon as you say the word permit, man, they're like, they're like on point. They're like, oh, okay, Rod's ready. They got their little special crab shrimp pattern and they're like, got their everything ready and they off they go. And I'm like, I'm out. Peace. Y'all go do that. I'll stay with the boat. And it happens every time like that. So it's like every time a permit time comes, it's his turn. So they go off with Yako chasing these two perms. I'm back. I'm just walking around, you know, and I'm just green west, you know, and I'm like, oh, look at that thing. It's got like a black dot on his eye. I can see it. Oh, that's cool. I'm like, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. It's pretty easy. I just like reach down, pick him up by its tail. It looks literally like a Paul Puckett, like famous painting, you know, of holding the tail, you know, that, that image of hanging a per And I look over and I hold it over like horizontal, like, Yako, Yako. He's like, what? He's like 100 yards away. I was like, I got a pompano, man. And he is like, no, you've got it, bam. And I'm like, no, what? And I put it in the water and I'm like, don't get him down. I'm like, no, I got a permit. How did I get a permit? I just like, I just cast this thing in that Betty. That's so, well, probably part of the reason why you just hammered that fish is because you didn't have all the buildup. I've had multiple people, like guides, tell me like the best thing to do 
is tell your client, like after they've blown multiple permit shots, like here's a Jack, take a swing. Right. Yeah, we, like, might, we might as well catch it's this. a Jack, but you might as well practice your cast and guess what? They just nail it. And then when they nail it, like, yeah, that's a permit. Yeah, exactly. You have to permit. <laughs> yeah, and everybody knows that. Like, I try not to get all this psycho in my head or anything, and I laugh about everything. If you miss a shot, I'll laugh. I look over, and I even heard that this year in the stove. I could hear uh, hear Enrico walking with Lake. It's always Lake and I paired up, and Lake is walking, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see they're like, there's a permit right here. And, of course, in Lake, if you listen to this, it's true. I'll say, do you want to be permit first? And he'll be like, why don't you be GT guy today? There's probably one soon. And I know there's permit around him because that means he wants to be first permit guy. He, he tries to throw the fake. And so this year I tried to throw it back on him. You know, he's one of the, you know, he's that guy, right? Good guy. Love him. But he's that guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I, I want to give you the shot at that GT right now because I know there's 400 permit around the corner. Um so he's like over there and I can hear Enrico go, just, it's relaxed. It's just, just cast like it's a, a bonefish. Cause he can hit a bonefish anywhere, any single, any huge one. He, he's a bonefish whisperer, but it comes to a permanent. It was like, it's just, I could hear him say that. Just, just treat it like a bonefish. And I'm like, oh, that just, I was like, oh, that's just going to jam up the train right there. And I was like, now, am I correct in my assumption that like you are the GT, like GTs are what get your blood pumping though? Man, I like things that just crush stuff. I mean, I, I man, I have a problem. Like I kind of slip myself in any walk. I love waiting. I like seeing my own fish. I don't like when somebody sees my fish because I kind of like, I really just love to find my own fish. I don't care what kind of fish it is, but sometimes like a grouper doesn't, you can't see him and. And you go back to the old school of, hey, look, that's a big crevasse right there. We need to throw it in it. And and I'm dumb enough to throw it over it really far out there and just go, you know, you just want to get that. uh, And there's nothing beats the top uh, if something explodes and jump on something. So, yeah, I mean, I might slip up and actually hit a um, hit like a big, big grouper or something. You know, those bohar snappers and stuff. There's some of the sickest, hardest fighting fish around. But yeah, GTs, yeah, for sure. I mean, it gets to the point now, it's not fair. You know, like guys will go, like Blake will go, did you see it first? And I'm like, what? I'm like, this, what do you mean just see it first? I was like, just because I threw it way over there, way off to a very good area of the water. You know? <laughs> Still counts. It counts. Totally Still counts. counts. But you know, I always find myself, yeah, like wading off and, you know, he gets a guy and I'm just going cruising, you know, like way my own. So when I do hook up, they're like, oh, Wes is doing something stupid again. But usually I'm over there panicking, like, oh my gosh. And I'm like throwing the rod in the water. I'm trying to hug a GT and then I hold it up and they're just kind of like 400 yards away, like looking like, huh? Oh, okay. He caught did, something. Did anyone see that? Yeah, did you we, see that? Wes no, got it. Whatever. I think he caught something. I don't know what it was. And then you get back there like, I didn't see it. I'm like, you didn't see it. I'm like <laughs> underwater. I'm jumping up and down with this fish trying to show you, you know, so it's, it's I love it. But it, yeah, I do like just throwing the big rod. Like, and I like just, I love throwing, I love casting. Yeah. I love, you know, something relaxing about it. I hear that. Now, the word on the street is that the impetus for you really getting started in your fly reel line was that you had some 
not so great experiences with other fly reels. And without throwing anybody under the yeah. bus here, I'd love to hear a story about <laughs> a fish that resulted in the death of a reel. All right. I can say, yeah, yeah, definitely nobody gets thrown in the bus, under the bus. Uh, so, yeah, early days I got into this fly thing. I thought it was going to be a one time and done. And and um, we go back and we show up to Cosmo and I've got a really good American-made brand. And So it's not like I just, I went to, I thought it was premium, premium with premiums. And I was like, man, I, I'm not, you know, I just bought these reels. I got my, my seven or my eight or nine or whatever, 10. And then I got my 12 and I'm like, yeah this is going to be a good deal. I bought the best lines. I'm over Cosmo. And right when I get on the boat, there's this dude, he's like long haired, piratey looking guy. And that's Lou. He's like, and I got my hat on and it says like fishing reels, you know? And he's like, and we're rigging and I'm all nervous when it's rig time. I get scared. Cause like everybody else is so organized and my, I, and you know, me from trade shows, it gets done. But man, it's not quite, the, it, it might look a lot better on that end result. But during like two minutes before it was going on stage, it was just like a total train wreck, right? You know, so like I'm there and I open my fly box and it's just like Wes got all the flies and just threw them in there and shuts it, you know, and you, there's no organization in it. And then, and oh my god that just makes my skin crawl like i yeah. just want to get in there and like put them in nice little yeah. rows yeah, yeah yours technically brought flies but oh jesus yeah yeah i got some flies we just got to figure out which ones are hooked up to each other like that you know the barrel of monkeys pull out so uh he looks at me and just goes throw those overboard and i'm like what i mean we we're on the minus two gone i was like what did you just say he says throw them overboard i'm like why he's like they're going to die tomorrow. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm a maker. You can make things. You can fix, you know, you, you get some things can go bad or somebody didn't take care of something. So I was like, oh, whatever, dude. We rig up. First thing we do, we hit this big flat and <clears throat> we're going down. the. I'm going down the right side. Of course, I'm in deeper water. I love going that edge and my buddy's on the left side. And we get this shot and bam, I hit this one, man. And it just, I stick him. And then all of a sudden it just was making the sound. And I'm like, man, what in the world? And I'm like tightening the drive. I'm like, this is something really wrong. And from way across the flat, I told you so. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this guy's like, a man, he knows everything. He's not just a God. He's like the God, you know? <laughs> and um, so my thing is making all this noise. And I'm like, man, that's just one mishap. And it was like, literally like an hour and a half later, my buddy's on the other side lake and he hits Jeet and then he had the same reel and it just did the exact same noise. I mean, I can hear it. It is a horrible sound. And I'm like, this is bad. So I go back to the boat that night and he just said, why don't you just make your own? And I just was like, whoa. I was like, I don't have time for that. I mean, we make these other reels and um, I'm on the back of the boat and that's probably, I looked at Lou and I was like, man, can I just jig up one of these tuna or something that was just swimming around the mice too gone at night? And I was like, I just want to stick one of the doggies with this little teeny jig and reel. And he's like, you can do it, man. It's fine. You know, if you want to do it right here, off the, we're off in the deep water, you know, we're in the lagoon. And so I was like, I go to the back of the boat and there's this guy back there and he was going for some world records. And man, I'm looking at him. The dude's like epic. Like he's so into him. His name's Rocky. And he's like into these blue, uh, blue venture Vala. And, and he's out there and he has like a thousand flies and he keeps tying on like six pound and he's like, makes the cast off the stern, pow, hits him, pop. And I see him just like holding the, holding the reel with his palm. And I'm like, man, this is not 
<laughs> I mean, if you go offshore, you do anything, you don't ever, you let the drag do the work. You don't, you don't palm a reel because you don't know what you're doing. I mean, you know, I mean, the person doesn't know what they're doing. You don't know how much pressure is being applied through your hand. So I right. asked It's too imperfect. You don't know, like you can't control it enough. Yeah. And so I kind of jokingly said, you lotion your hands <laughs> <laughs> to make it really smooth. <laughs> and he didn't think it was probably too funny. <laughs> And, and Lou was like, just make your own reel. We like walked up that evening. And then I, you know, pretty much like got on my flights back, which is, you know, it's like 30 hours of travel or so. And and during that time, I just drew it up and, and we have lever drag fishing reels. And I'm like, one thing we know how to do is make drag. There's no question. Drag is easy. Um, and then the lever is all about controlling your amount, maximum and ma- minimum amount of drag. So it was like such a cake to make a reel. And then it was like, was not meant to be for sale. It was just basically for me and maybe my, my friends to use, but it wasn't meant to be like a fly line. Fishing Stories is brought to you by Rep Your Water Apparel. For those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders and owners of Rep Your Water, where we make everything from hats, sun shirts, merino blend sun hoodies, whiskey glasses, teas, and much more. All of our products feature unique designs and all of them support our conservation partners. To see the latest and learn more, check out our website, www.repyourwater.com. Fishing Stories is also brought to you by Lock & Co. Whiskey. Distilled right here in Colorado and finished with hand-cut, charred Colorado Aspen wood discs, this smooth and yet complex whiskey is as unique as any trout stream. It's a staple on our bar at home and is delicious served as is or even mixed in a cocktail. To learn more, go to www.lockandcodistilling.com. Lock spelled with an E. Was not meant to be for sale. It was just basically for me and maybe my, my friends to use, but it wasn't meant to be like a fly line. So the ones you saw at that show were the following year. We went straight back again <clears throat> because we had horrible weather at Cosmo. We did an Alphonse trip again. And uh, man, the gods were waiting. I'm sweating bullets when we finally get there, man. And again, rigging time is my worst. I start sweating and I'm like sweating all over myself, my gear. And it's also like 129,000 degrees there. And you're like hyper pale because it's winter for us. And these dudes are looking like, I heard you made a reel. You know, they're South African talk. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like embarrassed for this thing. So every guy's like, we're going to destroy his reels. Like, I know it inside my heart. They're like, we're going to send this kid home. Yeah, they're like, how can we cook this fancy little reel that Wes brought us? And this time, man, I had sandpaper, I had files, I had all these pieces of parts that I was like, I didn't have another nice box to take a reel out of. I was like, I just had parts. And And I did the ultimate, like, no other brand can come with me. I'm only taking my own. You know, so it's like, I mean, you'd spend all this money to go around the world. And I had six of them and there was two of the little or two of the medium. And then I had, no, actually three of the medium and three of the large. And I was like, all right. So they, we go straight out first morning. I hate like that, like, like drumming up fish, like with a uh, tease or anything. But we'd see these, these coral heads and this one uh, guy, Josh Herbs, he goes, just, he's like, just throw over there, dude. We're going to find out if it can do it. And I'm like, yeah, no second. You know, there's no seconds to talk about it. I was like, strip line. I was like, shroom, send a cast. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, smoke the fly. And I'm like, yes. And I just was like, immediately went straight through that mode of like how we talk about it, like stick him hard. And I'm like, just made his face hurt really bad. And then started rolling the coals to him. 
And it, I rolled the coals on so much, the rod just exploded because he was down low, and I just laughed. So I grabbed the front part of the rod, I just held it, and I just started cranking it, it broke again. And then I just laughed because I deadlifted him straight up into the boat, and I'm holding it. I'm bleeding from my reel cutting me because the edges were sharp. But we were like, yep, the drag works. <laughs> so, <laughs> the drag was not some, the weak point. Some other failures, but the real solid. Yeah, it was just like, I got cut. That's where the flange handle came in, kind of flares up because my finger got cut on something. But it was hilarious. I mean, there's like, they tried to put the rod behind my shoulder thing. And it was like the reel and then like four inches of rod left. Like that was it. And there was just, <laughs> it was looked like a walking stick that was just like loose all the way. Uh, or like was, a Photoshop fail, like you forgot yeah, to Photoshop it, the rest of it. And I just went straight to like a jig mode. Like I was just pulling the fish straight up and like on the reel, not using my hand. And he just sat there and he was like spinning in a circle next to me. I'm like, he's here. And he's like, God's like looking at me like, are you, this is not, I was like, did you come from the same place people come from? You know, and yeah. I'm like, dude, this is sick. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> So, so what's the biggest GT that you've had an encounter with personally, landed or unlanded? Uh, 46 inches. So it's, That's a I don't huge. Know what, it's a big fish. So a meter Did fish. Did you land it? Tell me oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. It was in the first year I went, and that's what probably hooked me. I was on the bow of, um, of a boat, and they, like, instead of pulling, they, like, pull you around with, like, a ski rope. Like, they got, like, the ski rope handle behind them. And I – and I think it was David Marshall was the guy. And, and Dave was like right on I mean, his head's like, he's already like five foot six. Right. So if in three foot water, he's only like his head's like it, my, the gunnel. And he's like, GT, GT, like over here. I'm like, man, what's he seeing? And I'm like, Oh, and we saw him come on the flat. And I was like, Oh no. Cause this was really like the first real encounter. Like I had bonefish with Alec the first day and this is the next day. Right. So I'm going to line out and I'm, I see him coming. I put this cast out and it was out there and, and, and I liked it. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to shoot long. And I go, and as that fly flew through the air, it redirected onto my fly before it hit the water, which was the coolest. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. So it and tracked it in the air. In the air. So like, and it's like, it was coming and it like, it had like definitely a whip at the end. Cause I was like over cap powering it or something probably. And it just went and it turned on it and just, and just ate and stuck him. Um, he was getting ready to try to get the anchor and I'd put the coals to it. And the next thing you know, we're holding the fish really quick. So I just like fighting things really fast. Cause I think you can, so how many, that. how many centimeters that's a meter. Cause I feel like yeah. GTs, it's always like meter. it's in meters, but we just had it an inch and I don't know what the conversion is off the top of my head, but it's a yeah, big one. We'll work, we'll work on that later. But yeah, it was cool. Cause in that fish I was holding, I was just like, Dang, you know, that's what kind of hooked me, you know? And, and I want to do it. I mean, bonefish are cool. I mean, bonefish are sick. I'm trying to think all the cool, I mean, bohars and all the snappers still are still super cool and people just so don't respect them. But if you throw over the edge, too, when you go, throw over the edge. You just take, have some lines. Bring some extra lines just in case, but it is. Just in case, it doesn't go well. I mean, neither of us has even had more than, what, two genuine shots at a bonefish. So we're so... (laughs) <laughs> green in flats fishing it's silly like, i mean we've, we've really targeted tarpon redfish snook but like mainly like in terms of anything quote unquote bigger game it's been tarpon and tarpon yeah. and i haven't i mean we haven't really just I mean, put that much effort on bonefish even no but we're excited we're, about it. We're hey, bonefish are, are so incredible like i think 
I mean, pound for pound, they got to be fat, strong as fast as, and, and I love hearing somebody get a knuckle rack, you know, where they just, it's because it's going to happen on the second time. You might've been off from bone fishing for a while and you're like, oh, I've got him. But he's like, on the, you get him close. And all of a sudden he goes, what? You're like, ah, oh, you got me, little punk. <laughs> it only happens <laughs> once. <laughs> but you have to laugh. But you hear some of these people, they just keep their hand down there. It's like, and you're like, fall. I so mean, you bad. put a hook in his face, so it's only fair. That's yeah, right. it used to be in the beginning where, you know, it was like, just, I didn't understand it. Because over there in like some of those places, there are these schools coming at you. And my buddy Lake is like, I don't want to cast in that. It's a school. Because you can just cast and like they all come out of nowhere and they're like, oh, which one is going to eat? You know, it's like having a big drum school go after something. But when you get the onesie twosies, when you can like pick them and just like, I want that one. That's some of the epic stuff. And, you know, you, you know, you're going down to Mexico, right? And is that where you're all headed? Yeah, we're going down to Mexico next month. Um, and then you you uh, hinted at it, but we do have a trip on the, you know, to the Seychelles books. So I was going to ask asking for a friend here <laughs> couple of tips for the novices who have yet to throw at a gt like what would you practice or think about now to you know try to prevent shitting the bed as much as possible if there's a big gt in front of you uh man you could have some fun with this one this should be the question you <laughs> ask everybody because i think you should go to a wave park Right, a little wave pool, like <laughs> Wally World or whatever. You should carry a bunch of line. You have kids around you, and you're like got line getting sucked around little kids' legs. And then you try to cast, and you get like the biggest rod you can, and let the water hit you, and get your glasses wet. And you're like trying to make these casts and try to hit the lifeguard stand over there. And that's the best way probably to do it. Um, the the thing is line management. Get arrested taking taking this advice. No, so. No, but the thing is, I think the biggest thing is is being used to a couple people like James Christmas is one that he had some really good points that was helping some people. Like I, me being taller, always there. He's like, oh, it's because you're taller. Me and my buddy, I go, hey, buddy, let's put our arms out. Me and Lake, we put our arms wingspan to wingspan. He's got, I've got like maybe six inches. It acts like I'm so much bigger, right? But I might be a lot longer. But, you know, when you're in the water, it's, it is kind of difficult, <clears throat> you know, to get your, your line management. Because a lot of times you're wading pretty deep when you're taking shots of these things, correct? Yeah, you, you know, you don't, you're definitely deeper than you think. And you're not supposed to go deep, but you're always like, oh, well, let me go a little more this way. And then you'll step in a hole and you're like, whoa, and you'll be up over, you know, a little bit. But yeah, ultimately you're going to, you know, it's hard to get the line. If you can get the line up off the water, get the you know tension off of it, then make the shot out there. Just do you ever do the hold your running line in your mouth move? Um, not so much. That sounds like a river runs through it. The guys, one of our guys uh, in Bolivia was trying to get me to do this because we we're like wading really deep in these rivers, you know. And I was like, right. if I and get it's also that, a lot of current, you know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like current. ripping down. And I'm like, man, if I get this river water in my mouth, I'm gonna die Ugh. of dysentery in like a week, buddy. Like, I, this isn't half. It's <laughs> not strong enough for the river no. water in the mouth. Uh-uh. Well, our so, our mutual friend Alec, who was also a fishing stories guest superstar yeah he was like i cannot wait to hear about corinne and these big tides because i'm only five three so the difference between our wingspans was is more than four or five inches you'll find (laughs) yourself a little rock i swear like i even do it like i'll go out there and i'm like you go to this little coral rock and you you know big thing is have the best boots in the world 
have like get if they're like for me there's patagonia whether they done it or whatever the ones they're like those are the bomb i think get good boots that you're gonna be comfortable get gravel guards um sling bag over backpack i believe um why do you say that um when you have to switch something you can just disconnect front and spin around a little bit um and for you guys like for me i'm a pie out the water like i could probably get away with like one of those waist kind the old timey waist ones yeah the backpack you have to unhook one arm spin it around and you're you open it up and you're just you know i don't know how many i mean i actually had a little sling bed mishap this year and had to go back to a backpack i brought a backup and i'm like i hated the backpack so you can carry more but what do you need to carry at the end of the day you need a raincoat but you can leave that in the boat or you know you know what I'm saying? You got a fly box and some leaders. So, yeah, I would say that. But just, you know, James Christmas had a really good point to one of the guys on the trip was like, sit down on your butt and cast sitting down on your butt. And I was like, huh? And I mean, I, I got home and I did it. And it really, and that guy can cast. I mean, James is known from the not your, that nap popper. And um, it was a really good point, though, because you lose all that you know, energy you can get from your lower body. Uh, it's a good piece, you know, training to do. Um, but you know, yeah, good boots, um, good you know, sunglasses. Uh, one more question. I don't want yeah. to nerd out too much on GT prep here, but when you're stripping at a GT, are you usually stripping single hand? Yes. Yeah. I'm not. You a have to strip. Down. You yeah. have to strip single hand. Uh-huh, are yeah. you trying to like move your rod a little bit? As you more, pick up your hand to keep the fly moving, or are you not worried about that? I think like if you, it depends if it's a brush fly or if it's a popper. Like if it's a popper, sometimes you're you're stripping so hard and you're actually shove the rod forward to get that extra, yeah, bump, that drum, that sound of that. Um, but this this year was a little different, you know. It was always really fast, fast, fast stripping, and it was a little bit different on some of the bigger fish. It was a little longer, a big long strip a little bit slower and we had some different reactions to it so but that was you know it's it's keep the fly moving don't change it once they start coming keep doing whatever you were doing don't start rethinking it then just and even if the leader do not stop just when you hear just keep stripping and start back and just keep moving um you know and that could go into a whole nother stories of keep backing up and then Bye-bye. Flip over. And listen to your guide, Garrison. Now. Listen to your guide. Always <laughs> good advice. Yeah. So that's, I think you, you, you just be, it's going to be about getting your shot fast. Like do not do a bunch of pumping, you know, that's what kills it. It's like, like the line up, go back and forth, go back and then hit it. Do not start waving the wand, you know, by that time they're gone. Yeah. Get the fly in front of them. Well, it's been awesome talking to you as always. I want to make sure that we give the people some information on how the, how they can find out about your reels. Yeah. Sigler.fish. And then I think we're Fish Sigler on like Instagram and we have a Facebook page. But yeah, you check it out. We make uh, com- uh, conventional reels as well. But right now it's kind of uh, been pretty exciting with with this tarpon reel, I mean, it's really gone crazy. I'm down here at a tarpon tournament, you know, and, and it's, um, Lushen, was it the Herman Lucerne? Or I can't even pronounce it right, but uh, it's sick. I mean, just seeing the next level of like getting part of a tournament versus just going to catch some tarpon. Um, yeah. Well, it's, we're it's, hoping to see some some big ones possibly on the move when we're down in Mexico, see if we can uh, 
put the BF, the XBF to work. Yeah, I had a big jack like on the fly on that thing in Mexico last week. And uh, well, you want to talk about a sporty casting situation. I felt like I was at the wave park on a, <laughs> on a ponga, a small ponga with like <laughs> fucking ropes everywhere and like chop in between and like a weird platform behind me that was like hard to cast around. And like it was. 40 to say the least but uh yeah hopefully we'll we'll get a couple of shots and and get to see what the old xbf is made of here soon that's it man just just take time and just get that shot and make it happen and just let the just have fun man that's the biggest thing i love it well on that note we'll let you go we really appreciate your time and uh we'll be in touch thanks so much wes perfect see you guys Bye. bye bye, bye.